People always ask me how I do it, and I, I never have an answer. I've tried to find an answer. Um, I don't know how I make things look bigger and more expensive than, than they are. I, I guess it's like trying to ask, uh, you know, Usain Bolt how he runs so fast. Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. On today's show, we've got Stephen Reynolds. I look at him as a martial artist, but he's actually a Hollywood film director. Yeah, that's true. He's made a couple of feature movies, and we're going to talk about it in today's show. We met up because I wanted to talk to him and get it timed with the release of his latest movie with Dean Ambrose from WWE fame. It's called 12 Rounds Lockdown. It's absolutely awesome. In fact, I think it outdoes Die Hard. It's a wonderful, wonderful movie. If you hear anything in the background, that is going to be an Alaskan... Malamute. Right on cue. Now, that was good. That was good. An Alaskan... We're going to start at the beginning, because that's a great place to start. The best place to start, right? We're just trying to work it out. Where did we meet? Yeah, where did we meet? Uh, It's funny that you kind of half-dropped that before we started this, because, yeah, it's just kind of Mick Tully and Stephen Reynolds just merged into each other's lives like spiritual entities <laughs> no no <laughs> I don't I don't remember the point no no, no no I don't remember the point it was just like we knew each other and yeah. it was we, we knew each other before you filmed like the vignettes for us for the very short video billboards that we, we throw up onto YouTube that's right and you were the guy and I think the first one that you did I, I really, really dug just the way that you got the beats to the music. And then obviously we did the Bourne, one at the red corner. That's right, yeah. Wow, these are... I, I ended up doing that that many. I had a little a night of nostalgia um, recently where I did go back to sort of 2000 and about eight or 2009, which is when I started all of that stuff. Yes. Picking up my camera and shooting those things for Red Corner, Jeff, Al Peasland, you... And yeah, I think that one might have been been on there. It was always about the the beat, wasn't it? And the music. They really they worked, man. They they really did work. It was like the Moby soundtrack was really good. That's it. Moby was awesome. Uh, we just stole that from Bourne. I t- I tell you what, I should pay you money on that because I turned up and they go, just do that stuff that you did to the Bourne the Bourne video. Yeah. And and then obviously we did uh, shipping up to Boston. That that's the one I Talking always remember. Murphy's, yeah. It was just a little bit different, wasn't it? All my, you know, a lot of my stuff is either very kind of thought-provoking orchestral swells and strings, or bubble transformers, Hans Zimmer-esque, and that was completely, um, you know, uh, different to anything I'd done. And that, that that's why that one I think sticks out. Yeah. If you go on Facebook, uh, YouTube, and look at it, the title actually says "The Genius Stephen Reynolds Does It Again," oh. because to make me look good is a fucking. Ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you something. No, yeah, there was 20, 20 hours of footage there to get, get that two minutes together. But basically, when we first met, because I, I can't remember if it was a master class or if it was just a class. Or I can't remember because you were surprised how much I knew about movies. Yeah, yeah. And the nitty gritty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And okay. I was like, yeah, I might as well tell you now. You know, I love Steve and I yeah, I believed in you from the fucking start. Yeah, and you know oh, this. Thank you. That's no, but it's nice. the truth. Yeah, no, it's the truth because I, I said it to you. That's I told you from the first day, didn't I? I said yeah, I knew you were going to make it. Yeah, that, yeah, I do kind of remember that. Yeah, I've had a few people that kind of believed in me more than me, really. And when things have you know taken off, there's been a you know massive bit of progression over the last sort of eighteen months, two years, and the amount of people that 
have gone. I knew it. I told you so. Um, and they, they, you know, and and it's it's lovely when people do believe in you from day one. And like you, you saw something, and yeah, it's it's. It's nice. Yeah, but it's funny because there's a there's a Facebook meme okay. and it's New Year, New Year, New You, all of this, and yeah. I might as well tell you I'm guilty of it too. I, I'm just shamefully using it to promote classes and seminars and saying, look, you know, be the best person you can be, right? Absolutely. But there's this one thing, and it's it's funny because as I was driving up to meet Steve, I was laughing to myself because it came into my head and just flashed. Become that successful that people who used to hate you will tell people how they met you, and like, yeah, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> when you think yeah. about it, it's but so yeah, cool. I've heard that one. Yeah, and it's cool because it's I was true. like that, and I was going, but I don't remember how I met him. Yeah, and obviously I don't hate you, but it was yeah. like. Weird, I've never, I've never seen you as a martial artist per se. Even though I count you as a martial artist. Oh wow! But, but that's one of the things that you do because you move really well, and you have started. Yeah, you, know, you, you. When did you start doing martial arts? Well, I, I did it as a kid, and then I kind of left it. Uh, but I, I used to do like a Shotokan karate at the, the, the at the um, swimming baths, um, and I can't remember some of the sensei's names, but they uh, was one of them called John Black or something like that. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him, and he he was awesome. Some black belt scary guy. I was a kid, man. I I, I didn't actually like it. It just scared the crap out of me. But then. I've always really liked the physical stuff, but when it came to uh, <coughs> uh, sort of mid-twenties and that, I got back into sort of boxing and stuff. It was yeah. more boxing that took my um, took my fancy. And then at Red Corner, we'd do sort of little bits of sort of MMA and, and, and you know, some of the classes, the grappling and stuff like that. Just, just an awareness of it, really, more than trying to get to a level where... You know, I'd want to, you know, compete, but there would be sort of amateur competitions they would consider putting you in for. But and what was it? Was it the honesty of the boxing that you liked, or? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think that I'm, I'm a man of very simple tastes. Um, um, basically, that's it. Yeah. And, and when it comes to some sort of combative art, um, uh, you know, boxing sort of the sweet science. It's it's your hands, move your head, move your feet. Yeah. It, it, well, you see, it's just so good isn't it that's the thing it's like there's there it's like the ultimate wake-up call as well because it's like if you fuck up you know that's it that's it it's all it's all over uh as i've said before i i i look at you as martial artist but i know that you you see yourself as a guy who does a bit of training and stuff yeah Uh, but yeah we're gonna we we are gonna touch on one thing because the guy was formative in both of our lives was jeff thompson of course yeah you know he's yeah same here I didn't the thing is yeah the thing is with Jeff it was like I had this pivotal moment where it was like I saw him in action and I said I bore people to death with this but that thing in watching my back where he beat up those guys I was there I saw that and I was like as a bully kid I saw it and I was like wow and I just went up to him and I said I don't know what that was but what was it You know, tell me. Went to karate, and then obviously, if, you know, yeah, you go through the mill, you get battered, you get more battered, you get more battered, you get a black belt, and then you realise, fuck, I'm still scared. And then it was like, yeah, you know, thirty years into it, and I'm like, I'm still scared. But yeah, now, but now I'm comfortable away. with it. Yeah. So how did Jeff save your life? Um, well, it's funny because um, I was. Uh, 
I always wanted to make movies like since I was a kid, right? So this far back, we, you know, talk about me and you meeting and not remembering the point. I don't remember a point where I didn't want to make movies in my life. So um, I think I just came out of my mother's womb, you know, looking for a pen and a paper and a camera. To Wearing a pair of jumpers, <laughs> jumpers, megaphone, Cecil yeah. B. DeMille, yeah? And my yellow cap, yeah. Um, but um, no, I always did. But long story short, I got to a point... In, um, about 10 years ago it was, 10, it was about 2005 yeah and went into a really dark deep depression um, I'd been trying from a very early age to try and break through into the film industry to no avail and then at that point um, I, I just hit a low um, no one was I literally couldn't get an agent couldn't get anyone to look at my work um, and, and, and it wasn't moving like there was literally no movement um, and being in Coventry isn't you know the best place to network because that no. industry is all about network working so being up here wasn't great for me um, and um, I hit a real low to the point where I literally went I'm not doing this anymore it's causing me more pain um, than, than happiness like to, to pursue this dream so far there's been more misery than success um, mm. and I'm just gonna have a break from it because um, I, I was de- I got really depressed like really down in the dumps man because that's all I ever wanted to do and it felt like it wasn't going to happen and when you have that moment in life you really it puts a lot of things into perspective you know um, um, and it uh, it was horrible it was a horrible place to be and I, I felt really lonely I was really alone um, depression's brutal man it's yeah. horrible it's yeah. horrible but I turned instead I still needed something in my life because I'm that sort of person and that was when I started training at Red Corner yeah. and I was like I'll try my hand at this boxing business I always fancied a bit of boxing so I got really into it got really really you know to a really good level and even t- there was murmurs then of amateur fights you know yeah. possibly and I was like oh okay so I just needed something um and Glenn Smith uh, um, at Red Corner lent me. He knew I was in a bit of a dark place when I when I got there. Um, and I remember introducing myself as a guy that used to want to make movies. I wasn't a f- now. Oh, I'm a film. Now, wow. now, yeah, that was how I. Yeah, I, yeah the, I, ne- I used the nearly to do man. That. I, I, was, oh. I was the nearly man when I joined Red Corner. It was horrible. And then um, I he, he lent me a DVD called No Fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Knowledge, no, no fear. Um, and I remember him talking about um, Troublesome. He was at Coombe and he was by a pool of water and there was a waterfall. And then he said, look at this and there's an example. If you're going through trouble times right now, look at the look at the waterfall, the, the rush of water. It's chaotic. It's it's all over the place. You know, it's a mess. But look at the, the pool afterwards. It calms itself out. It's a calm, um, you know, a bit, bit of water, yeah, still yeah. water. So and it, it felt like he was talking to me, even though, you know, it was, it was <laughs> it's a DVD. Yeah. But it was exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. Um, and I was like, who is this guy? Like he was he was then famous to me, you know, yeah. it was like Will Smith or Denzel Washington or something. Yeah. So now he was famous to me. And one day I went into Red Corner and I had to uh, cancel um, I, was, I usually had a PT session at 11 o'clock with Joe Sheriff every Saturday and for whatever reason we cancelled and that day I went in to train just do a free free train on the bikes. Yeah. Um Jeff was there. 
Um, wow. I think he'd gone to pick up Lockie uh, a bag from um, a punch bag from Glenn and Glenn was like he's over there on the bag I'll introduce you and I was like I got nervous it's like meeting someone famous I met I met Ryan Reynolds this year and I got really nervous I get nervous. Really? yeah I get really nervous meeting famous do you know, people do you know what's mad I've, just, weird. Well, I've got a friend of mine in Minneapolis called Ryan Reynolds oh yeah yeah and I always say he's the famous Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds not Deadpool yeah this yeah. Other guy. yeah yeah Ryan if you're listening man you're a cool guy you know I love you and you know what I forgive you for uh, Green Lantern yeah, yeah. he's going to make up with it with De- for Deadpool though. yeah I think he will do yeah I, li- oh, yeah. I, I liked a few of the references he's thrown in there on he's the already said that something about like don't, don't put me in green spandex yeah yeah no, no CGI love don't it make, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Which, is, which is great but, so, yeah, he was cool as sin but um, yeah and then met Jeff and, and again long story cut short he, he he was really good he put his hand on my, my chest as he does and he was very warm and he knew that I was in a bit of a, a, a troublesome place yeah um, but he literally said to me right there and then he said I can see you've got great energy about you I can see it and I can feel it um, and you're a nice guy I've spoke to you for five minutes and you, you come across as a really really nice guy I like you um, and those were the things that popped out at me and then from there he kind of either he did it on purpose or he did it by accident I never know with Jeff, Jeff but he kind of got me back in the game Yeah. and he started with um, he literally rang me up one day and we stayed in church he rang me up and he said um, I'm, I'm going to do a, a DVD in my garage I want to film it I used to do these DVDs I do these DVDs um, but I haven't really got a cameraman at the moment would you fancy coming at that point I didn't know how to work camera I wasn't a cameraman yeah so in 2005 I wasn't a cameraman um, <laughs> yeah. so in 10 years you've gone from not being able to use a camera yeah. to having t- how many features um, well, I don't shoot the features as in work the camera, but yeah, there are how many feature films that now. you've directed? Yeah, that I've directed, but it's more the volume of work um, over the what led up to that, yeah. which, which which basically um, helped me put food on the table for ten years um, as a self-employed cameraman, well, and that was from Jeff literally going at five a.m. on Saturday. Um, I'm going to do film this DVD. Um, could you get a camera and come and shoot it and I was like uh, I knew how to edit but I wasn't really a camera so that's a baptism of fire straight away and that's what it was so I couldn't turn it down and he was like I'll pay you and I was like oh <laughs> okay sink or swim how about a surf yeah, you know yeah. Right? so um, so I got the you know picked it up I'd done little bits with, with a good friend of mine called Nat Higginbottom over at Nat's a great guy yeah he worked with us on Snowman that's right there you yeah. go so Nat you know I've, I've collaborated a lot with Nat and both of us weren't really camera people or camera yeah. men um, but we, we we kind of self-taught ourselves by just you know knocking back and forth at an old uh, Sony can't remember what it was, five DSR 570 or something they're called and um, that was it so then I borrowed that camera from that yeah um, and started to film these these things for Jeff and then um, Glenn saw them at Red Corner and he was like oh they're quite good um, could you do a DVD for me I've got this boxing thing I want to do okay Al Peasland yeah saw them. we did it oh yeah. they're quite good yeah do you fancy coming and doing something with me and Mick for uh, CSP uh, yeah okay thanks for the plug yeah no worries yeah. and um, and then gradually people it just kind of spider webbed yeah um, and before I knew it then it was Chris Parker Eddie yeah. Quinn 
they had seen them as well and and oh man and Eddie Eddie Quinn Eddie Quinn was blown away by it yeah I, well I love Eddie me and Eddie uh, still I just did a little bit of work with Eddie about two months ago really did, did his new promo for his DVD oh yeah I saw it yeah, yeah it's awesome. did all the slow mos yeah, yeah yeah myself and Eddie we went we actually went to Dropkick Murphys together oh wow yeah brilliant. yeah yeah me me and Eddie me and Eddie like, we He's actually got the Paddy blood in him hasn't he yeah like, yeah me, yes, me well, we, yeah yeah we we we, we uh, celebrate our disenfranchised uh, what was it Morrissey called it Irish Blood English Heart I can't I remember know, yeah. but it's one of those where it's like trying to find our identity yeah. uh, in England right now but yeah it was Eddie's Eddie's awesome but so Eddie turned around to me and he was going he went and you know the way he talks right? yeah, it's yeah. just awesome I, can't, I won't do him justice by saying it but Eddie was like he's fucking ace man and I was like I said yeah he goes he makes me look fucking really good he goes and I am really fucking good and you know like that going yeah yeah because he's such a passionate guy yeah yeah he's Eddie, you know, so much passion yeah, you know, it's you been, awesome yeah have you been stabbed like nine times I think it's nine times Eddie but uh, yeah, and that's what got him into martial arts but yeah. it is it's <laughs> funny you said that because it was like I remember Jeff had the same thing with Bloomsbury <laughs> Right. Not, not wasn't Bloomsbury. What was the, what was the name of the uh, publishing company that he did watch my back with? Oh, I can't remember. Because they that. were they were a real one. I, 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 well, I have to uh, you know we'll have to put it in there because I feel really bad. But whoever it was, I think it might have been Bloomsbury. But they were like nobody's in the publishing business Brilliant. and then the next thing watch my back and they did a couple of reprints wow. and then the next thing everybody because that's what it was a bit like you with martial arts because yeah. once you were in there and not everybody then wanted a piece yeah they would see the they would see the work um, and then it, the, the, the work would speak for itself really I remember not um, advertising um, really anything all of my work came from and, and, and all of my client base which I still have because I I, I go back into it now and again with, yeah. the, with the promotional films for the martial arts I do it now and again um, but I'm not actively you know doing that to, to yeah. pay the bills but um, that was my client base for that 10 years came from that one DVD at 5am that's awesome shooting it man. with Jeff in his garage yeah um, yeah, yeah, yeah. as I said I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even started martial arts and then obviously over the years just the constant encouragement you know yeah. that's that's the, you know that was the one thing yeah. you, know, you know I remember once sitting at a table with like Bob Breen Rick Young Terry Barnett Ralph Jones Guru Dan was supposed to be there but he wasn't well mm. and I said to Rick I, I said to Jeff I said I can't believe I'm sitting at this table and he went I can't believe you haven't been sitting at that table longer and I was like it's wow brilliant. man yeah. yeah but it is the truth yeah I, I don't know if you found this but you know I've, I've had a modicum of success right? right and you meet people that you used to you know yet held, held in such a high esteem yeah. and then you meet them and the first thing they'll tell you is oh, look I'm an ordinary guy too yeah massively and it, and it freaks you out and then you, you don't want to get complacent no but at the same time you just go I'm rubbing shot. How can I be rubbing shot? Freaks you out. Yeah, yeah, and it, you've had this, right? I had that. I had that with uh, Shane Black. Shane Black's uh, <laughs> one of the very famous. I do love this story. Yeah, it's yeah. really crazy. So who? Tell me. Tell if the guys don't know who Shane Black well, is. Shane Black is a writing legend um, in Hollywood. He he wrote and uh, uh, Lethal Weapon One and sold that screenplay play in his early eighty in, in in the eighties in his early twenties and then it was the most expensive screenplay at that time. At that think, time, wasn't it? Sound, yeah, and, and obviously. Lethal Weapon, you know, went on to be a massive franchise, but he only wrote the first one. Um, but then, 
um, went on to do sort of uh, screenplays like uh, The Long Kiss Goodnight, uh, which was Samuel L. Jackson. One of our favourites as well, yeah, yeah. But, but then more recently now, um, wrote and directed Iron Man 3, which was obviously, that's enormous. And then his next film, The Nice Guys with Russell Crowe and um, um, Ryan Gosling is, is coming out imminently this year. Uh, well, when, we, when this is out, it will be this year, yeah, 2016. Wow. So... You know, just for Lethal Weapon, and also he wrote one of my all-time favourite movies, The Last Boy Scout. Love it, love so it. So he pioneered the kind of buddy, buddy cop 80s movie. Keenan, Keenan Ivory Wayans, was it? No, was that it? was no, Damon, Damon Wayans. Wayans. Those Wayans brothers all look so the same many to of me. Them, yeah, right? there's the about 20 with, of them, right? With, uh, with Last Boy Scout, it was directed by Tony Scott. So I, I always managed to somehow... There's I, the link. Yeah, I'll right do these links to people I really, really love. Um, and always try and link things to Tony, because he's... he's He's up. He's my, he's my idol, and um, and so Shane basically had, had uh, big big writing power in in Hollywood. So I went to this pitch fest thing last year. Um, got on a plane, just went to Hollywood, and um, that's another story. If we got time, I'll tell it. But anyway, I went there, yeah. and um, he was at this pitch fest thing, and you do you 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 all, you God worship these guys, right? They're untouchable. It's Shane Black. He wrote *Lethal Weapon*, like my favourite movie as a kid. I wanted to be Martin Riggs, like it was, it was that was my childhood. You, be... you, you wouldn't want to be Mel Gibson now. No, no, <laughs> no, thanks. But I wanted to be uh, either Martin McFly or or Martin Riggs, like it was yeah. really weird. So. This was Shane Black, and and I went up to him. He did a talk, and then I went up to him, and you queue up just to have a few private moments with him. Most yeah. really humble guy, quite shy. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know, Shane. You know, you're a massive uh, influence to every, every, you know all my work, and I just want to say a big thank you. A lovely weapon, love last boy scout. You know, yeah. I said, and um, and obviously, um, yeah, kiss kiss bang bang. I haven't mentioned which was yes. really underrated. Yeah, very very buddy, underrated. Yeah, buddy, uh, buddy sort of uh, crime thriller, which was which was brilliant. So, you know, I just kind of kissed his ass for a bit, as you do when you get into that. And he was like, oh, cool, thanks, man. And da 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 da. And then later, it, we, what would happen is these famous producers and stuff like that were at this pitch fest thing, and you have a, a table with them. So they sit at this table, and you all sit around it and, and just ask them questions, but it's the first one to get to the table. So I literally missed the last seat, because everybody went for Shane Black's table, obviously. Yes. Um, um, and it was full. So I then went and sat with this other producer, and I, you know, I made the most of it. But I kept looking over at Shane's table, and I'm like, like it's, it's, that's where I need to be. Yeah, but it was filling up then. People, they told me I couldn't sit, pull a pull up a chair from somewhere else, but everyone else was doing it then. So I was like, all right, screw it, I'm going to go and do it. So I literally pulled up this chair and plumped myself, um, really close, like two people away from him, but yes. you know, a, a row back. So I'm listening in on everything. All these guys are asking him questions and stuff, and. Um, and I lean in and I ask him a question about The Last Boy Scout and because I love that and blah, blah, blah. And then I go, uh, and then a couple of people ask questions. Nothing's really happening. And they're all excited. They're all staring at him. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. They're all like, dribbling, yeah. dribbling at him. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not thinking that. I've, I'm see, uh, I might have an opportunity here, right? So you've got to make the most of every opportunity, I think, no matter what. And, and so... But I always get fearful because my mind runs over scenarios. That's yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, I go, Shane, um, what was the progression like going from being a writer to then directing for the first time with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? And he went, 
Oh, because uh, it was a pitch fest. It was about screen. It was yeah, a screenwriters yeah. festival, and he went, "Oh, and presuming I'm just a screenwriter." Oh, uh, okay. Why do you want to direct as well? And I went, actually, Shane, I have directed something. I did my first feature in the UK, uh, and it was released last year. Oh. And he went, oh, okay, really? What was that called? And I went, it was called Vendetta. While I'm speaking to him, I'm already reaching into my bag to get Vendetta for the out. one region one. Oh, DVD that I had as if this wasn't planned, right? right. It, but it wasn't. Yeah, no, it was totally not planned. But I, I, I just thought I'll take one copy of Vendetta with me in my bag. Serendipity. Who man. knows? Yeah, right? You've, yeah. You're gonna give it to someone. So he went, and he was genuinely curious. Like he's a, he's a genuinely curious guy. He doesn't just do it and you know turn up. Hi, I'm Shane Black. Pretend to love everybody. Loves um, the work. Yeah, and if, yeah. and if he sees something in you, um. He, he'll, he'll have genuine interest yeah. so he he's genuinely going oh what's this film and I said oh it's called Vendetta and I literally just then put it under his nose and hand it to him and he goes oh thank you looks at the cover I'm expecting as my mind runs through future scenarios faster than anything in the world he's going to just turn the cover over like it nice one give it back over Not the, over the shoulder yeah, or something yeah. like that yeah, cheers yeah. mate have a nice day he looks at it and he goes Oh, this looks quite good. If you've got a spare copy, I wouldn't mind having a watch of this. And wow. I go, it's all yours. I see your copy, Shane. Yeah. And I shit you not, everybody's head around the table. You're probably talking about 15 to 20 people. Literally, you won't be able to see this because I'm doing it. <laughs> no, no, this and is... literally all of their heads just go to look at me like that. And I could feel them all looking at me no. uh, at the corner of my eye. But I didn't want to go hmm, yeah, yes. you don't, yeah you don't want to milk I, it I could, no way and I just but you could feel you've been back, elevated right I moved back in my chair and just didn't make eye contact with any of them because I just didn't know what to do because wow. I think half of them were like bastard which yeah, I yeah. and then the other half were like how do not I good do, move yeah how do, I, how do I get to be this guy yeah because that's, yeah. that's how it works and, and then and then the weird thing was when he'd finished his hour when we got up I then had a, a line of three people <laughs> coming to talk to me. Wow. To go, really? there, yeah, and they went, so so you, you made this film. How did you, dude, you gave your movie to Shane Black. You rock. Wow. It was like, you rock, man. You rock, that guy. Was, dude, that was awesome. Yeah, and I was you, like, well, I didn't, I didn't plan it like a... a, a now, well, you see, this is like if you haven't watched it, right? Vendetta is an awesome piece of work, if you don't mind me saying, right? And I always come out with the same classic line because it's the truth. It made more money than how many of Danny Dyer's previous movies combined? Yeah, I don't know. You 15? mentioned this one the other day. Yeah, yeah I didn't no, because I looked, I looked it up online. Oh wow! Yeah, I looked it up online, and it was like, it was like fifth, the previous fifteen movies put together. But somebody had put it up as a joke because I think one of the movies he'd done was like five quid yeah. and it got a theatrical release as well yeah. right yeah but it was like i anybody who follows my facebook status i used to always give i used to always give danny dyer a bit of grief only because he was as most people yeah do. because he's a bit of a mock knee caricature and then you turned around and told me what an awesome guy he was right yeah he's a lovely he's a very lovely down-to-earth very funny uh very humble guy in real life like the the danny that we see um, 50% of the time he kind of puts it on I mean he doesn't do it as much now but when he was younger it was certainly a bit of a, a I think a, a, an act 
on what people expected from Danny Dyer when he's not in a movie. Yeah. When you sit down, if he was in the room with us now, you see a completely different person. And yeah. the, the, the world is starting to see that a little bit more now because... He doesn't. He's, he's grown up a little bit as well. Yeah. Obviously, you know that comes with, with with time. But funniest guy in the world as well. Like the guy could do stand up comedy and he'd nail anybody out there. His really? observational comedy has me in. Well, is he, I still have a screenshot of. Uh, I won't mention. I'm just going to save the guy's blushes. But a mutual friend of ours who was trying to. He was trying to get himself involved somehow with your film. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. And he basically shot him down over Twitter. And like after that point, yeah, because oh, I, I, I allowed yeah. I allowed myself I allowed myself to judge him on his persona, and it was really bizarre because it was like one of the guys came up to me and uh, they were saying, "Have you seen like Steve's doing this movie with Danny Dyer? Do you reckon you'll get the fight choreography?" And I said, "Well, considering I've put like twenty times death threats on Facebook that I was going <laughs> to kill Danny Dyer, I'm going to be a hard sell for this Probably gig, not, right?" Yeah. And then they were like, "Really?" And I said, "No, like, come on, I'm not even on the orbit, mate." But what I'm saying was when you first got there everyone's like he's making a movie with Danny Dyer and I remember people saying it to me Steve Brown's making a movie with Danny Dyer and I said yeah this is only the start I can't believe you guys because I think me and you met each other in HMV one day when it was still going in Coventry yeah, like, yeah. it's like the last one yeah. and we walked in and I had the copy of Vendetta in my hand right. and you walked in and you were like what are you buying and I said well I might have a look at this interesting new movie by a young filmmaker and then I said but I'm also going to buy a box set of Seinfeld or something Love I can't it. remember what it was how did you get that gig? I, it, do you know what it come from? Snowman, really? Yeah. So I can take a little bit of credit. Oh, massively, yeah. dude. Oh, um, beautiful. No, this, and that's no. Take ball. a little bit of credit. Yeah, nice. that's no ball at all. Um, I was producer farming for a producer to produce the feature version of Snowman because right. I had written Snowman as a feature, and then the version we did was a proof of concept to show potential investors or producers uh, give them a sense or a feel for the film it's like a concept proof of concept yeah. um, so uh, it goes with the script it's like a nice little package deal yeah. it helps people you know see it it did look the business though it worked it worked really well Adam was brilliant in it so it really worked um, and I had, had got you know tried to get it to all these producers managed to get it to Jonathan Sothcott um, and at this point I just couldn't get anyone to view my work and Sothcott looked at it and um, um, he what well, I can't remember how he liked the short um, he liked the short enough for me to then send him the screenplay which was good wow. right? so that got that going yeah, yeah, yeah. then he read the screenplay he loved my writing um, but felt that Snowman he wanted to do if he was going to do a vigilante movie he didn't want to go down the um, the lead character was like a little bit of a mysterious entity yeah the, Al the, well, the albino. albino yeah yeah he kind of just wanted to be an ordinary everyday man in the way that Bronson is in Death Wish a little yeah. bit so we um, you know he kind of sat on it he was working on a couple of other movies and then came back to me and went I think we should go down the vigilante route and revisit something in the tone of Snowman where you've got this character who is going out there and the, you know the, the the feral little kids on the streets are tormenting you know um, 
um, you know, hard-working public and yeah. um, following the riots of 2000 and I think it was, what year was it, 11? 11, yeah. Um, you know, all of that was very much in the in, in the eye of Well, it started, it started scaring people because we're of the generation that we remember the Hansworth riots yeah. and, you know, you know, yeah. people people look at Harry Brown and go, nah, that will never happen. Yeah. And as soon as you were talking, you were on it. The minute you said it, I thought about Harry Brown. This can happen real quick, right? Well, yeah, I think there's a forgotten generation there um, of, of of kids that uh, are just kind of a little bit lost. There's, there's, there's too much... Yeah. there's too much media there's too much technology and I think there was a real kind of surge of of kids around that age and and the, the, where they were completely desensitised to everything yeah. there's kind of no innocence now when they get to sort of 14, 15 they know as much as you know what I did at 25 do you know what I mean there's yeah. a real I think that comes from access with with phones and technology and all of that and and I, I think there is there was a wave of that that came and it, it just almost exploded which yeah. led to all of the kind of looting and stuff and, um, that, and that was the sort of atmosphere yeah that, that Vendetta was yeah and Snowman had that so then he liked that but he wanted an ordinary man and, and Vendetta uh, Danny was kind of down on his look a little bit yeah and um, he'd done a lot of these straight to DVD movies that weren't showing him in a good light I saw the I saw the potential in Danny. I always liked Danny. I was never a hater. Um, I know a lot of people have been haters and then been converted recently, like yourself. And I, and, and I trust me, I like him now. Yeah. To, to tell you nothing but the truth, it's the same reason why I, yeah, I dislike any short, fat, bald man on television because I'm like, you've got my gig because yeah. it's a very, very niche market. You know, you I look at know. Greg, I look at Greg Wallace and Dominic Littlewood, and I'm like, you bastards, you've got my gig. This is where I should be right now. But no, with, with Danny Dyer, yeah. You know, I think he just needed the right break and Vendetta worked for both years, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, well I sat down with Danny the first time I met him again, sitting down with Danny it was weird as anything because it was someone who's on the other side of the glass, on the other side of the you know, when you watch the T V, yeah. those, those people don't exist in reality, you know, they're in there. And then when you see him in real life it's really odd. Um so I sat down and had dinner with him and Jonathan was like, We're gonna try and get Danny back in the um back in the game now um, right. and this is going to be the movie to do it and I was like alright my first movie that's a bit of pressure and then um, I sat down with Danny and basically said look I, I just want you to surrender to the to the role I want you to completely immerse yourself in it and I need you to trust me because if you do then I'll be able to turn up on set and do exactly what I need to do and you'll be uh, you'll be in good hands yeah. and I needed to make sure that he was in good hands from day one so he knows the score. Ah. Oh. So he knew he knew the score and he knew you know where he was and he trusted me from day one and from then on, um, it was a smooth roll. Yeah, and you see, the, you see, this is the thing, right? I watched that with interest and loved it, and obviously I'm, uh, I'm a big cheering section for any of my friends and this is the truth I truly am one of those people that I you know first of all life is wonderful absolutely and secondly when I see my friends get successful I, I, you know, I dig it it's yeah no, it, it's cool isn't it because yeah. it's like you know I'm not turning into that guy but every now and again you know you turn up and people are going wow man 
I know you, you're Mick Tully. And I went, trust me, don't get overawed. I, I like me and even I'm underwhelmed by myself sometimes. <laughs> but no, but you know, it's like you get to do some really cool stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I was following that and then obviously, was that through Lionsgate or where, where did you get the deal with Lionsgate WWE? I, uh, uh, so yeah, long story short, or I'll try and make it short as, um, I, after Vendetta came out, it did really well for Danny kind of put him in a good light. It yeah. Got, it got good reviews from um, the, the the film critics, um, begrudging reviews. Like they didn't want to say it was good, but they would give it yeah, three stars and go, "It's actually quite good." What was odd was we were watching. I think it was Alan Carr or Graham Norton, and Danny Dyer was on it. Yeah, and they were, yeah, talking I, about it. Remember, we were on about it, and I said yeah. to you, I was watching it, and Danny was like, "I thought you hate Danny Dyer," and I said, "No, but he's going to talk about Steve's movie, and I want to see." And he turned around, and he just like you, you, like you were there for like ten seconds. Yeah, he mentioned you were the director, yeah, boom, and it. But it, it was a real good moment. You know yeah. what I mean? And that was when I turned around to Annie. I said, "This is it. This is the. This is where it starts now." Yeah, yeah, and it, you know, as, as you were saying, I walked in through the door, even movie director's got to do the hoovering right yeah I was doing the hoovering just before he turned yeah up that's there. rock and roll right <laughs> but no but it's but it's it's like every now and again you'd get to do cool stuff because yeah. as you were saying how did you get this, how did you get this yeah thing? so it was that, that uh, after Vendetta it did really well for him painting him in a good light Jonathan went on to then produce a couple of other movies um, and it kind of I kind of came back to Coventry like nothing had happened like the movie came out on Boxing Day that year did really well good reviews I was still sat here and I had to go back to work. I had to go back. I had to pick up the camera again and go and shoot martial arts DVDs. Yeah. Um, because like the phone didn't ring, and at that point I still didn't have an agent. Like, I've got an agent now. She's awesome. She's like the best agent in the world, right? But back then I had no agent. I had no manager, which I've got now, thankfully through Shane Black. That's another story. Awesome. Because I stayed in touch. You, you know, you know what we're gonna do. Yeah. Right. What we're gonna do is. We're gonna to have to go part two on this. Yeah, you'll probably. Yeah, well, 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 I'll tell you what. How about we do it, Transformers? We'll do f- number four, and I'll yeah. get Wahlberg to come in and ruin it for us all. Was that three or four? Um, that was four, and um, I don't think. Yeah, but you, you're you're yeah. a big Transformers fan, but we won't go on this. We have to stay, no, save let's this. Let's not go there. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm coming. I'm moving away from that direction now. That's another story as yeah, well. Yeah. No, well, this is what we're gonna do. So how did you get? How did you get the lines get? So what I need. So I got basically got. We're getting there. Yeah. I uh, uh, so nothing was happening so I, got, I, I basically went screw this um, I was sending out scripts I was trying to get agents no one would talk to me even though I'd done this movie that did Danny got Danny Dark yeah. so I got on a plane just went to LA and I went to this pitch fest do like I didn't know what to do um, when I got over there I'd always wanted to be the guy that gets on a plane on his own and goes on a whim like the fairy tale fairy tale spotted handkerchief on a stick yeah. ugly kind of you know do it um, and um I, I did it. I, I went on my own and um, landed in LA. Went, but I needed something to make up the body of it, which was pitch fest. And I went. That's where I met Shane. But then while I was there, I thought I need to try and at least get some meetings and go to some offices. But I don't know anybody. Like yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm the worst. I still don't really know anyone in the industry. But. Um, I went back to Anchor Bay. The guys at Anchor Bay distributed Vendetta over here. I was like, they must know someone. I had a really good relationship with a guy there. And basically said, do you know anyone in LA who would just take a, have a coffee with me? So he CC'd me in on three emails. Um, and one of them was the, the guys at WWE. Wow. And they saw Vendetta, really liked what I could do with you know stretching the dollar, stretching the money. Because yeah. uh, Vendetta was 100 grand and it looked like a million. Yeah. Um, 
and they said, yeah, we'll take a meeting with Steve. So I went up to their offices um, and basically went in for a 20-minute meeting. Um, and they were talking about a, a slate of projects they had coming up where they were going in with Lionsgate, and it was called the Action Six Pack. Right. Uh, appropriately titled for my... Yeah, for the, the we'll talk on the next one. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. talk about the 12-week plan. Um, but um, it was, uh, yeah, and sat down with them, and, and they said, uh, we've got this six-picture deal with Lionsgate. And the first one yeah. was called... 12 Rounds 3 Lockdown. He gets out of here with that car, it's over for us. Man, the exits. Make sure Shaw doesn't leave. Put the building in the lockdown. What is happening in there? It's Burke. He's dirty and I got the evidence. Taking you down, Burke. I don't think so. Twelve rounds. I have to admit, I went. I, I dived out of wrestling yeah. for a while. Like, I, I love it. It's, oh, yeah. it's a soap opera for men. It's great. Yeah, yeah, I love it. You know, it's like people go, it isn't real. And you go, they had to break mankind out of a mental institution to defend the heavyweight title. Yeah. <laughs> I pretty, uh, yeah, I, I've got an idea it's not real. It's you know what I mean? It's but it's a soap opera for men, right? Yeah. And, 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 and women. Women, yeah. Women. The amount of Ambrose fans I get on Twitter. Yeah. Females. And you, you just said he was so cool, right? He is, he is, he's like a cowboy. He's like a real cowboy. Like, yeah. he's literally the most laid-back dude in the world. He's called the Lunatic Fringe. And in the WWE, he's an absolute mental head case. Yeah. When you sit down in a room with him, he'll say, like, four words. And initially, people think he's arrogant. Yeah. And and, he, and he's not. He's just a chilled-out dude. If you speak to him, he'll speak back. If you don't speak to him, he won't. He, he doesn't, doesn't care. He doesn't yeah, get nervous nice. to try and make conversation. He's probably the most comfortable person in his own skin I've ever met in my life and just super just cool and I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this in now because this is a special edition to coincide with the release the of, release yeah, 12 rounds 3 yeah 12 rounds 3 but we'll just meet up in a couple of days do you know yeah. what I'm gonna do I'm gonna wait I'm gonna watch 12 rounds 3 and then armed with that knowledge we're gonna come back and we're just gonna talk some more lovely but if you know anything about wrestling, you know who Vince McMahon is, right? Oh, so yeah. the guy's a billionaire, right? Legit. Chief, yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of my boss, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was that impressed. Like, this is what a geek I am, and it doesn't make me look like a stalker. Yeah. But he was that impressed with what you did. He sent you tickets for WrestleMania, right? He wanted you to go to WrestleMania, yeah? Yes, through the... WWE Studios guys yeah like he didn't contact me directly no but, but. Um, yeah I, th- I think it was SummerSlam it, no I've been invited to both yeah SummerSlam th- but I couldn't do one of them because um, well with both of them they always fell on when I was in pre-production on either 12 Rounds 3 or Interrogation which was the second film I did for them um, I would always be up in Vancouver in pre-prep yeah I don't know if you know this but do you know there's a quote out there on the internet from Vince McMahon about it's about you in the movie. No. Yeah. Uh, but it's to do with the fact that you were given like, I can't remember, was it three mil? 2.5. 2.5 million. Said it came back like looking like a $25 million movie. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That's he, he said if everybody in his company gave him that value for money, <laughs> he'd be happy. And it's like a sound bite and it's out there because a mate of mine really? said, yeah, a mate of mine, a mate, mate of mine yeah, screenshotted it to me. But that's about pretty true, right? Well, that's kind of my... USP, like my unique selling point is that I can make things look 
very expensive with not a lot of resources. Um, I do it with the podcast every day, man. There you go. So, you know, we've, it's, it's, people always ask me how I do it and I, I never have an answer. I've tried to find an answer. Um, I don't know how I make things look bigger and more expensive than, than they are. I, I guess it's like trying to ask, uh, you know, Usain Bolt how he runs so fast. It's just like, what you do. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I can't find, I don't know. Um, see how I'm struggling to find an answer for it yeah. no 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 but, but um, yeah it, it just it's something that I, I do and that's why they, they get me in um, and it's as natural as breathing to you right yeah maybe not as natural as that well, it's no, a no. bit of a slog on set yeah, yeah it's, no no, it's, no no dude I, look, I see the pictures where you're on set in Vancouver yeah. closing off streets and then driving around in my dream car too we're both big fans of Americana oh yeah in, in the Dodge man you know yeah, what I mean yeah I had the Dodge, had the Dodge charge yeah, while, and then yeah. you had the Chevy as well, didn't you? I had the Chevy, I had Bumblebee. Yeah. Uh, I didn't actually have that. That's that's Dean's uh, action vehicle in, lo- in lockdown. Is three. it? But I, they were like, oh, we need to move the car, but no one knows how to drive stick shift. Uh, we need to just move it around the set. And I was like, I'll do it. Dived in, well, floored it, mate. Popped the clutch. Did you? Yeah, just hammered it around the set Rock for a and bit. roll, man. Well, do you know what we're going to do? This is where we're going to sign off. But do you know what? We're not going to say goodbye. We're just going to say adieu. 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 And we'll get back. What I'll do is I'm going to do this. Happy New Year, man. Thanks so much for doing this. I really mean my that. Pleasure, so, it sounds cliched, but I mean this from the bottom of my heart because, yeah, dude, you're going places. Like, And I mean, you know me. On University Challenge, I would do shit action movies from the 80s all the time. And what you've got to remember about shit action movies is the 80s is there's that little bit that redeems and makes the whole movie, yeah. right? But you do that to the power of 10, but then make it look good too. And it's it, tr- trust me, man, you're gonna, you, you know, one day Tony Scott will be ringing you. Yeah, and that yeah, and we both know this is where it's going to go. And then, well, maybe it'll be Ridley Scott because the late time. No, Scott. yeah, sorry, Ridley, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, do you know that? That's pugilistic dementia, guys. Uh, I haven't said that. You never know. You know, Walt Disney's head is frozen and under. Uh, for, you know, you maybe know? he can uh, connect with me through uh, what channel through, it through the other side. Maybe I, I I truly believe that that you know there are forces out there, and I like to think that he's maybe um, giving, you giving me a little bit of guidance from yeah. the other side. It'd be nice to think that. Who knows? But I've, I always loved that guy and he, he was the one person I was devastated that I would uh, uh, you know the day that he, he took his, his, his own life yes. you know we say we grieve for ourselves at first I was like oh my god I can't believe that's happened and then secondly it was like one of my dreams on my bucket list was to meet Tony Scott just literally have a coffee yeah. and a chat like I did with Shane Black but with Tony Scott and then that's gone like that's, that, that moment um, will never happen and it was it was sad, but you know, like you say, his brothers. Maybe, yeah, I tell you what, you're just class, just class acts as well. That's and again, bit. you know, look at it. You know, martial arts, martial arts DVDs, Hovis adverts. There you go. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. everyone's got to start somewhere. You know, every every journey starts with one step. The problem is, people always look at the first step and judge you on that. Yeah. No, don't know. Watch me at the finish line. You know, and and you know what the real killer is? You ever watch a London marathon? Nobody nobody is around Muswell Hill. 
You know, because that's no. about halfway. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. all in a wine bar. They yeah, want to see the beginning or the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. Everyone wants to once upon a time and everyone wants a happily ever after. I say that about martial arts. Everyone's got an idea. They all know the once upon a time and they all hope that it's going to be the happily ever after. It's the bit in the middle that they've got to do the training for. Yeah, and that's, you know that's I mean? where I am now. So, yeah, this is the hard bit and it's the uncertainty and uh, fingers crossed you just do as much hard work as you can and hopefully that finish line will be Hey, man. Epic. Sweat is a lubricant success bro I'll tell you what we're going to have to wrap this up because I've got to go and see my wife do it she's going to kill me cheers buddy All right. it's been a pleasure no thank you bro thanks for listening today we have a brand new show every Friday and on next week's show we've got this you want people to come in and, you know, just look and go, wow, yeah, I want to be like that. Because I, I know how much it changed. I, I know the power of inspiration when it comes to, you can teach people things, but I know for myself that the biggest changes, the most positive things I've ever done, I've have been inspired in me by others, not, not taught yeah. or told, you know. You can listen to all our interviews on MixedMartialArts.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Mixed Martial Arts is a Pay Your Headphones production. Wow.